With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference Plus. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Network, the 1012 Podcast Network, a collection of shows who all focus on the Big 12 Conference. And we are partners with Sports Drink, your source for all things sports and non sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday or Friday, if that's the day that you choose to listen to this episode, or Saturday, trying to get it in real quick on the way to the game. Whatever day you listen, we appreciate you doing so. I am joined today, as I am every Thursday, my two good friends, our pro picker himself, Daniel Alexander. What is up? Great to be here. I, uh, I, I got some work to do. You guys are nipping at my heels here. Getting closer, getting closer. Not not too close, but not as far back as we once were. Uh, us being the LGGOG himself, that is Chris Ross. Yeah, had a winning week. Uh, not by the smallest margin, but I'll take it. A win is a win is a win. Yeah, we uh, two winning weeks, two losing weeks. That, of course, from our guest picker last week, our good friend Kelly Ford at K Ford Ratings on Twitter. Uh, he will not be the last guest. I've kind of got two more dates circled. Um, we'll see if we can we line up for those. We are going to get to last week's picks. Daniel, I had a question for you, and since you're someone who does this. Um, so I listened to the BetUS College Football Show because our good friend Parker Fleming is on it. Um, I listened to Chase's Kitty, or Ch- Chase's Kitty, Chase Kitty's show, um, the um, Lion's Edge. He does it with MGM. And I see people who they have said this and I've seen multiple people who, who use this, who are betters, who talk about betting on social media or in, on YouTube or whatever. And they always say the line, like, if you've been following my picks, right. And, and it's really great. And like, they'll be talking about how well they've done this season and props to them. It's not a complaint, but they usually make like, but they're talking like six, seven, eight, nine, you know, 10 picks a week. And so it's great if you're t- picking all of those, if you're doing all 10 that they pick, and you're winning along with them, that's great. But if you're someone who only makes like like myself, I I did three two weeks ago, had a nice two-in-one week. I did four last week, but one and three was not great. I've got one on the ticket right now, one real one. I'll probably make one or two more. I'm, I'm only making like two, three. I don't want to do four again. I, I, I got over my skis there. I want to make like two or three picks a week. How, how, do, how do you judge people who make, who do very well, but how do, how do you use them as a resource when they make, more picks than you do. Um, and so it's hard to say, like, I don't know which ones of theirs to use. Is that does, where I'm at? I'm, I'm having a hard time putting this in question, but how do you utilize pros like yourself as someone who's me, who's not going to make nearly as many picks as you do. And so I'm trying to be pick and choose like where I think is going to be most successful. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to take up too much time. I could talk on that topic for an hour, 
Right. So we're not doing that. Let's try to keep it to a minute here. <laughs> um, there, there, there's two different things going on here. And I would say someone in your shoes and, and probably most of the listeners here, um, I would say don't get too bogged down or don't get too caught up in trying you know, to follow someone's 10 picks or someone's full card every single week, right? You know, you talked about making two or three bets, let's say. Um, and let's say most listeners are, are your boat. You guys are making wagers, you know, for entertainment, for fun. And let's remember to keep it there. You know, like you're, you're going to bet teams you like, you're going to bet teams you're watching, you're going to bet teams you got a hunch on that, that a score is going to go over. A total just seems a little too low. Listen to other podcasts, listen to other shows for entertainment and for insight, but but really don't get too far out in the weeds, you know, trying to listen to two, three, four different experts and all this kind of stuff, you know, experts are in air quotes. Not that, no disrespect to, you know, anyone that you mentioned. I'm just saying this space has so much content right now. It's all noise. Excuse me. Let me take that back. There's so much noise. Um <laughs> There's just so much BS and bet who you like, have fun, fire on the two or three plays you like, you know, someone like myself or someone like Chase, I'll have 50, 60, 75 plays sometimes going on in a day. And the way I approach the board and my card is so different. It's like, I start firing the second lines right when Circa opens lines on Sunday, six days before games, I'm making bets. So it's just two different worlds going on people in your boat, bet who you like, you know, if, if one snippet of information jumps out to you, grab it, bet it, fire on your two, three, four games and have a great weekend. Cool. That's, that's kind of what I thought. And, yeah. and, and I think it's, it's good to reiterate, like if you're doing this professionally, great. If you just, you just want to dabble and have some fun, do that. And, and don't get, I, I, yeah, have, have fun. Yeah. Right? Like seriously, have some fun, make a better two you like, cheer for it. Have a great time. Like I said, I went one and three last week. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I'm like I'm not. I don't feel like I'm doing this, and I'm you know, if I win, it's great. If not, I got one. I'm okay. You know, stay in my lane. Um, before we get to last week, one last thing, uh, Brett Yarmark. Obviously, Big Twelve basketball media days have been going on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Women were on Tuesday. Men are on Wednesday. Brett Yarmark there. He's been making the rounds, having a lot. of talking quite a bit uh, and he had a conversation with Ari Temkin friend of the show uh, who works at Big 12 Radio and, and there were some things that he talked about in his interview with Ari that I thought were really interesting and if you haven't heard them or you haven't seen what we posted on Twitter I wanted to share some of that now because I think for Big 12 fans this is some big news um, one interesting quote um, that I think this is fantastic and aligns with what I had heard you know a stronger push for social media and I do think this is right but uh, quote we don't storytell enough I heard that from coaches, especially on the basketball side. Most casual fans know of our brands. They don't know they're part of the Big 12. So what you're hearing a lot in basketball is people know who Kansas is, but they don't know what conference they're in. And that sounds silly to Big 12 fans, um, but for casuals, they don't, they don't follow conferences quite as much. And, and that sounds crazy if you're a diehard college sports fan, but that's, there's plenty of things in the world that you might know a little bit about, but not all about. And so it makes a lot of sense. And I, he's right. The Big 12 has done a poor job of promoting its stories. It just, it just has. And, and you can blame it on ESPN for not doing it. Well, it falls on, on the Big 12. And that's one thing Brett Yarmark is pushing. And they've aligned themselves with a few different groups and organizations to try and do a better job of, 
of, of PR, of spreading the stories of the Big 12 and talking about the Big 12 as a conference and building as a brand. I'm very excited about that. Uh, your mark on the uh, reporting. Uh, people have talked about the next deal for the Big 12. What, what's it going to be like? Uh, the, the, every school is going to lose money. There's going to be lots of money lost. Um, he was asked you know, about people reporting that the Big 12 would lose ground financially in the next TV deal. Quote, I want them to keep saying that, candidly, because I love doing the unexpected. Uh, we are not going backwards. We are not staying flat. We are going up. The question is how much? Um, when asked about if there's a fear of being left behind, no, not at all. One, we're going to go up in our TV deal. Two, we're going to develop additional revenue streams. Talked a lot about some of the things that pro leagues and pro teams have been doing to grow their value and revenue. Uh, referenced, I think it was the Minnesota Timberwolves, was talking about smaller market pro teams that don't have the you know, they just don't have what, say, the L.A. markets do or the New York or Boston markets do and the things that they're doing creatively both here in the U.S. and internationally um, to grow those brands and grow revenue streams. And I think these are all really good things. The whole point of all this is this. Um, forget everything we've talked about and read for the last few months about Big 12's value, Pac-12's value. We can talk about TV numbers. I saw John Willner talking about OSU TCU's numbers versus USC UCLA's, which was the stupidest argument possible to make for a number of reasons. One, OSU TCU is on at the same time as Alabama and Tennessee. And two, used a USC game who's leaving for the Big Ten, so it doesn't really count. Point of all this is this. Your mark says that we should have news about a new contract, a new negotiated contract within the next couple of weeks. And he is adamant that the Big 12 will be making more money. Now, I can play devil's advocate and say, does he mean total or does he just mean per school, which is the bigger concern? I don't care. My point is this. Your mark has been impressive and he's doing the things that we need done for the Big 12. He feels like he's moving the Big 12 in the right direction. It's still early, but it does feel like things are going the right way. And if he is signing a new deal with Fox and ESPN, this is good news for the Big 12. I think it is. Like That means probably means more ESPN+. Plus. I'm fine with it. it. It keeps the Big 12 on prime channels. That was a big focus for the Big 10, right? NBC, CBS, Fox, staying on the channels like those. You can do a little bit of unplugging, but not leaning all the way in. I just, if the Big 12 is going to make more money, that's great news. If the Big 12 is going to have a good TV deal, that is good news. If the Big 12 is going to do a better job of promoting itself and building its brand, that is good news. I'm bought in on on your mark. I'm bought in on the job that he is doing. I think he is doing an incredible job. Um, I am. I am. I would love to nitpick and say, uh, so far, I'm impressed, and I think we all should be. Uh, and I'm very excited to see what news comes out about the new TV in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will find out the. The football schedule for next year in December, early December. <laughs> that will be a lot of fun. Cannot wait for that. I know you're all very excited about that. No divisions, as we talked about on Monday. Ha <laughs> ha Yay. Lots to be excited about, along with football and the start of men's and women's basketball season coming very soon. Um, and for those who were fans of the Midwest Madness podcast, that was our basketball show. Uh, obviously, Christine left. Uh, I think we're getting close to having and naming a new host, so just... Uh, Keep an ear out for that. I'm very excited about if this works out, what will be coming. Okay, so all that done. Let's talk about last week. Let's talk about how we did. Two winners last week. Two people tied for the top, that being myself and Chris. We both went four and three. I 
hit on the over 54 in Baylor, West Virginia, hit on the over 66 in BYU, Arkansas, hit on Iowa State plus 16 and a half versus Texas. Iowa State almost got that one hit on Oklahoma minus nine versus Kansas. Missed on Temple plus 23 and a half versus UCF. Missed on TCU minus four versus Oklahoma State, which can I just say it sucks when my team loses and I still don't get the bet when I bet against my team and still get both. Like that is that is just that is unfair. And uh I continue my losing streak in non-Big 12 picks. I have not been good, not been good this season in those. Uh San Jose State minus eight and a half versus Fresno. Fresno beat San Jose State in an upset. Very, very not good. That brings my total to 31, 34, and one, getting closer to 500. And that is the goal, of course. Uh, Chris went four and three as well. Hit on West Virginia plus three and a half. Hit on Oklahoma minus nine. Hit on the over 68 and a half in TCU, Oklahoma State. And hit on Tulane minus 12 versus South Florida. Four and three, as I mentioned, brings his total to 30, 35, and one, just one spot back behind me. Not a bad day, or not a bad week, Chris. I think he stepped away. We'll move on. Daniel went three and four. Uh, hit on Arkansas, minus one and a half. Hit on Iowa State, minus 16 and a half. And hit on Texas State, plus 16 versus Troy. Missed on the under 54 and a half in Baylor, West Virginia. Missed on Temple plus three three and a half versus UCF missed on the under sixty two and a half in Oklahoma Kansas that one almost missed by halftime they they almost hit sixty three points at halftime uh, and missed on TCU minus four I had the over I say three and four for the week brings your total to thirty four thirty and two I had the over that was the one actual bet I made last week that I got correct uh, I I was I was locked and loaded because OU was trying to punch it in for another touchdown right before halftime and had they done that and kicked the extra point it would have been sixty three total points in the first half Daniel you would have uh, that's a great feeling when you cash a ticket by halftime man great bet <laughs> uh, I mean seriously no, I mean it, it happens sometimes um, yeah three three just not even close you know what Baylor and West Virginia got into the eighties Thursday night. Uh, Temple, I think ended up losing by about 264 mm-hmm. to, uh, to UCF and their space outfits. And then, yeah, that over look, I'll, 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 I'll take it on the chin. I even had real money on it. I very incorrectly didn't understand that number. It seemed too high and I was wrong. And Hey, I had money where my mouth was and uh, money's gone. What can you do? On to next week, uh, you know, I hope you have more winners and losers and dust off and let's keep rolling. Sounds good. Uh, our guest picker, Kelly Ford, went three and four as well, hit on the UCF minus 23 and a half. Only person to pick UCF, we all, the three of us hit pick Temple, and we know what happens when that happens. Uh, hit on Oklahoma State plus four because TCU won by three and hit on Michigan minus seven versus Penn State. Uh, he went three and four. Our guest pickers are now eight and seven on the season. Okay, we got picks to make. I'm very excited about this week, and we are going to get the, to those in just a minute. Brand new for the 2022 season, it's the RVK. We're coming at you two ways on two days. It's Monday and Thursday. Jeremy, JN, Fiend Phoenix, and me. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You get pop culture Monday at 7 a.m. You get the West Virginia University podcast Thursdays at 7 a.m. Either way, no matter what we say, you're going to have fun. So, like we like to tell you, 
Get at your boys. Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. All right, boys, it's week eight. You guys ready to make some picks? Let's do it. There he is. Let's roll. (laughs) Let's roll. We are coming out of the gate today. We do this in chronological or chronological chronological order. Slow down, Philip. There's no reason to rush through it. Don't Eeyore it either, but you'll be fine. We're gonna come out of the gate with Kansas versus Baylor. Kansas on a two-game losing streak. Baylor also on a two-game losing streak. Someone's streak will end and someone's streak will go to three this weekend. I am delaying because there it is. Uh, Baylor, an eight-point favorite at home, over-under at 58. Let's see, Chris, you and I won, so I'm going to let you go first, Chris. What would you like here? All right, I was looking at this game. I got a, I got a good look at, at Kansas last week. I, I went to that game, uh, and, man, just a better QB play, and that would have that would have been a different game. Uh Bean Bean did well, but there were mis- some mistakes, and uh, that could have been the difference. Hmm. I was trying to see if Daniels is expected to be back this week. I would doubt it, but no, I don't think so. Um, that being the case, man, I really love the Jayhawks story, but this is going to be a rough stretch of games. Baylor is kind of floundering around in their own right. But at home, I, I think Baylor kind of writes the ship here. I'm going to it's eight. Holy smokes. You know, at eight, I'm going to take Kansas at eight. That works. Um, depending upon where you got the closing line, Kansas is either six and one against the spread this season or six oh and one. Lost by ten last week. We had it at nine. At some point it must have been at ten because this is saying that six. No, it it, it 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 closed at ten. Okay. So I mean it's they're they're six L so one. Closing line. There we go. Very, very nice. All right. So Kansas plus eight. I like that. Uh the total is fifty eight. Baylor's defense is better than Oklahoma's. I don't think anybody is going to question that at all. Uh the bigger question is not will Jalen Daniels play? I don't think he will. It's will Blake Shapen play. I would expect he is recovered. Uh, from what I assume was a concussion last week, but I have not seen either way. If we expect, I'm going to Google it while I drag this out just to see if I can find out if Lake Shape is expected to play in this game. Don't know. Could be. Don't know for sure yet as we're recording this on Wednesday night. So, you know what? It's been very lucrative. Obviously, to pick Kansas. So that would make a lot of sense in this situation to do that. Kansas is four and three. Uh, over is four and three for Kansas so far this year. But at 58, man, that feels low. I mean, we just saw what Baylor, and I know West Virginia's defense has got issues, but like Baylor can put up some points. Kansas' defense isn't awesome. Um, Baylor's defense is, is better. I'm taking the over. I just, I think that's too low. I, I, Kansas overs have been very good. I know it's four and three. It feels better than that. 58 feels low. It's a morning game. 
Both teams need a win. Kansas is about to head into their week off. Uh, Jason Bean performed better against Oklahoma than I thought he would. Again, Oklahoma's defense is not great. Baylor's is slightly better. Is better. I'll take the over. I don't, I'm good with that. You made a good point, though. I doubt Shapen plays. I mean, one week after a concussion, that seems quick. Well, I mean, he, they played, what, what was it, Thursday or Friday of last week? Yeah, still, I mean, no, I, a I day. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think the standard is you sit out a week at this point. I, I feel like that's kind of the take kind of unspoken rule at days, this point. You just take 10 days off. Yeah. I. I they're at home. I, I wonder if he plays. Jalen Daniels is not expected back until uh, they are. Kansas is off next week, and they expect to have Jalen Daniels. Or the rumor is Jalen Daniels will be back for Oklahoma State the week after. So, uh, Daniel, what would you like here? Well, Kansas just flew over. Baylor just flew over. Total seems really low. We got more bets on the over, and the total has dropped from sixty and a half to fifty-eight. There's going to be twenty to twenty-five mile an hour winds. As of right now, as of this recording, they're saying there's going to be winds up in 20 to 25. Everything points to over, but the line has dropped and we have crazy wind. Every single steam move that has come in has been on the under. I got to just hold my nose and and take this under. Uh, I'm going to have real money this week on uh, Kansas and the under in this spot. We've got 58s across the board here. It makes no sense. So I want it 58 under. Give it to me going head to head, Daniel. I like it. I like it very much. Okay. Moving on down. So uh, that is Kansas plus eight for Chris over 58 for me and under 58 for Daniel. Uh, Moving on down future big 12 members, Cincinnati going on the road to team that wishes they could join the big 12 at SMU. Sorry. Uh, Cincinnati, a three and a half point favorite down there in Dallas over under 58 and a half. I don't always trust Cincinnati when they're a big favorite uh, because they just, it, it, they, they tend to just kind of play down a competition. some, right. Like I, we, they didn't, they couldn't do it against South Florida. They, they couldn't, they just, they did it against Tulsa, but that was only nine and a half. I just, they couldn't do it. 16 and a half for Indiana. When, when Cincinnati is a big favorite, I don't, I don't trust it. When Cincinnati is a small favorite, that's a different situation. Plus, SMU's second leading receiver is likely out for the year. He's definitely out for this game. They lost another receiver this week to injury, believed to be for the season. SMU, I know they got the win over Navy. Seemed they had lost like two in a row. It was kind of a or three in a row. They've been on a slide. It's a, it's a good SMU team. But Cincinnati has also dominated SMU while they've been playing together in the AAC. Now, granted, new coaching staff at SMU, not the same guys that were dominated by Luke Fickle, but, man, this feels like a spot where Cincinnati should go on the road and should win. And at only three and a half, I will I will take Cincinnati minus three and a half and cover that spread and get the win in Dallas and continue their march toward the AAC championship game, especially with a huge game against UCF coming up next week. I'm not going to do the look-ahead spot. I don't I – don't, I don't think that's a concern here. I don't think that's a concern with Cincinnati teams and Luke Fickle. Uh, Daniel. You know what? I'm with you. Cincinnati, um, you know, I I don't love them this season. Obviously that tough week one loss, but since then they've rattled off um, five in a row. They've been sort of, uh, actually they've been 
50-50 against the spread, covered twice, one push, two losses. My number on this is actually a little bit closer to a touchdown that Cincinnati should be favored by. Um, I, I think I'm lower on SMU than the rest of the market. I did bet this uh, when when it first opened. It was two and a half for a split second. Couldn't grab that. I got a, a really low juice, minus three on Cincinnati. And I think they're going to cover that number. So uh, I'm rolling with you. Cincinnati minus three. Line's too short. Oh, did you find him for three? No, no, no. Excuse me. Uh, three and a half now. Uh, yeah, uh, misspoke. Okay. I bet this minus three like uh, a few days oh, ago. Oh, very nice. Sorry. Uh, very nice. So, uh, yeah, I've got some real money down. Uh, my number is closer to a touchdown. I'm going to come with you on the three and a half there. Okay. Chris? Well, sorry about your wallet, Daniel, because I also like <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> Minus three oh, and a we're half. doomed. So, uh, we're done. SMU went blows out Cincinnati yeah. this weekend, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this. Come on, join us. I'll say this. Yeah. We do our, our kind of schedule ratings. We pull our, our stats from our good friend John Wheeler, CFB or CFP resume rankings. He'll be joining us on the Tinto podcast on this coming weekend to kind of talk through some different stats and numbers for the Big 12. So we do our schedule rating. Uh, if you've seen the graphic, you can find it on our Twitter account at 1012network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. As we say, gold is good, blue is bad. Of all current and future Big 12 teams, Cincinnati has played the weakest schedule of everybody. The best team they played was Arkansas. They lost to them. In a close game against Indiana, that's by far the second best team they played. Everybody else they played is in the blue, and it's not that light of blue. Cincinnati has not played a difficult schedule. SMU is going to be the third best team that Cincinnati has played so far this season. So if we if we want a reason to say like we should maybe be concerned other than we all pick Cincinnati to cover this, it is that SMU is by all ratings and rankings, and our rating system is what John does is he pulls like 40 different ratings and rankings, like rating systems pulls them all together, averages it all out, and this is what we get from it. And this includes our friend Kelly Ford. We get Parker Fleming's EPA ratings. We get S&P Plus. We get uh, FP Plus. We get uh, Beta Rank. I forget the list. We're talking a lot of different ones. Cincinnati's schedule is the third, is the worst one of every future or current Big 12 school. So if there's one reason to be concerned, it's they ain't played a whole lot of teams and they've only beat one good one they played. So, uh, okay. well, if there's any reason to be concerned, it's because we're on the same side and nothing is more scientifically accurate than that. <laughs> but SMU is just too inconsistent for me to pick. They're too inconsistent in the, the over under feels too right. I, I, I kind of want to go under, but I, I'm not confident in it. That's I'm going Cincinnati. I'm going to, I'm going to have to ride with you guys. I got, I'm sorry. I mean, sometimes we we've won one of these before. One time. I swear, eight years ago, we hit one. <laughs> we talk about it like that one game in high school that we got over on our rival. Uh, you know, <laughs> Cincinnati, maybe you could use a little help. Maybe you could use a little home field magic to help your team out this weekend and continue their run back to the AAC title on the game. On the... What? Cincinnati's on the road. Did I say they're at home? You said home field magic. Yeah, you get home field magic from home field apparel. Thanks for thanks for blowing that segue up, Chris. <laughs> Appreciate that, bud. You, you can start over. Uh, no, it no. Just didn't make sense. This stays in. That's how we roll. Uh, might I suggest? 
the down the drive vintage helmet t-shirt fantastic for cincinnati football fans the vintage fight cincinnati white tee is quite good there's some old school cincinnati logos in here that are just stinking awesome i'm gonna get a cincinnati tee like i haven't made a purchase in a while because i i got some of the new shirts over the summer when they released the big 12 schools i don't have a cincinnati shirt I will have one before Cincinnati joins the conference because some of these shirts are stinking awesome. I wish I wore hoodies because the vintage Cincinnati Bearcat hoodie is fantastic. So Cincinnati fans, go and get some home field apparel and add it to your collection. If you're a Big 12 fan, which I know if you're listening to this show, you probably are. They have every current and future Big 12 school available at home field apparel and every line is amazing. So when you do as you go, fill up your cart. Use the promo code NETWORK12 at checkout, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and get 15% off your first order. Everything's great. It's all incredibly comfortable. I'm actually wearing one of my whole field shirts right now. I'm wearing my uh, my Pistol Pete, my vintage Pistol Pete Oklahoma State shirt. Incredibly comfortable. Love it. The sweaters are great, or so I am told. My wife has never even let me like touch the Kansas Jayhawk one that she has. She loves to wear it all the time. So go to Homefield, use promo code NETWORK12, get 15% off your first order to be wrecking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this football and basketball season. All right, moving on down the line, another future Big 12 member we are talking about right now, that is Houston, three-point favorite on the road against the Navy Midshipmen. Over-under on this one is 51 and a half. Daniel, my friend, you are up first. What would you like? Um... Another one that I bet early in the week here. I mean, we all know how love how much I love Houston this season. So this feels like a situation where look, I mean, I don't want to be a jerk, but Houston, they I know they had the big win against Memphis, but like, is it just me or do they seem sort of like gutless on defense? They they really do. It just seems like if they get any sort of you know hard nosed anything coming at them they just don't handle it very well. They're not coming up. They're not rallying. There's not guys flying around the ball. Just feels like a situation where if Navy can get this going, it's like they're going to be able to be ripping off two, three, four yards of pop, which is what they want. That's their wheelhouse. They want to sit there. So we have a a short spread, which tells me it's probably going to be some blowout where Navy's forced to pass the ball. So if Navy's able to get the ball at the 25 and they can string together, you know, nine, 10, 13 yard drives for three points, seven points, that kind of thing, this game's going to go under. There's just going to, Navy's just going to be able to run the ball, keep the clock going, move the ball on fourth and short. And Houston's just going to sit back, catch them and let them get three or four yards a pop. Yeah. I mean, this is under 51 and a half. Yeah. I was going to say Houston's definitely a team that, that, Dana Holgerson teams struggle against this kind of opponent. Just they have a hard time keeping their defense off the field. Did you just totally interrupt my pick? Well, I was I'm trying just to. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I was adding. I was like agreeing with you. Oh, totally kidding. Philip walked off. Yeah, man. No, so I was I'm trying. I was you, trying to cover Philip's rule. He walked off. He left us hanging, and I was just trying to add some commentary to give oh. someone people to listen something people to listen to. I love it. Well, no, yeah, I'm with you. you. Just called I, it I, out like that. No, yeah. I'm totally with you, dude. First, I mean, first I interrupt the, the the ad read. Then I interrupt. I'm just uh, all right. 
right. No, I love it. Wow. I just, I just okay. kept checking you. Philip, are you back? I, I, I'm terrible as a host. I'm here. Uh, th- thanks for blowing that for me as well. Chris, you're on a roll tonight. So then in that case, Daniel, what's your pick? <laughs> we're good. We're flying with that under 51 and a half. I love it. Okay. Proof. That was, that was proof that Philip was not there. Uh, Chris. Yeah. My pick. I have not gone. Oh, yet. well, please uh, go ahead, sir. <laughs> no, I, I was, I was just saying that I agree with, with everything Daniel was saying that Dana Holgerson struggles against these kind of teams. Um, the, the problem with Daniel, the problem with Dana's like offenses and stuff is always the fact that, they either score too fast or they three and out too fast. And when you face a defense or a, another offense that just grinds out and keeps the ball, then your defense is on the field forever. And time of possession becomes an issue. And, and Holgerson struggles. I No one believes in, in Houston right now. I don't know what to make a Navy. I mean, it's, I, I'm, I'm going to take, I just, I don't believe, listen, Houston lost me earlier this year. I'm done. I'm taking Navy. Navy plus three. Okay. Who, um, man, oh man, Houston's so volatile. And I think, you know, that wild Memphis game, they, they kind of salvaged their season to some extent. Navy's not very good. If Navy has to, if Navy has to throw the ball in this game, Houston wins by a lot. If Houston, if Navy can run on Houston consistently, this game will be low scoring, rock fight, ugly, where Houston has to come back from behind like they've done so many times. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna ride with Houston minus three. I don't love it, but I think Houston probably pulls out another win. Let's assume it's in overtime again. And at worst, I'm getting a push out of it. And I'll take that because I don't, I I would rather bet against Houston, but I don't feel good enough about the total. And every time we've tried to bet against Houston, it comes back against us. So uh, I'll just take Houston minus three. I don't, I'm not touching Houston anything minus anything higher than three, but I'll I'll take them that way. That's fine with me. All right, it's time for our Big Twelve. For anyone wondering, Houston six. <laughs> As I say, for any anyone wondering, Houston is sixtieth in rush defense. Cool. That'll go well. Navy is also pretty middle. Of the Navy is also yeah. terrible this year. <laughs> Quite bad. Uh, it is time for our ten twelve Big Twelve game of the week, brought to you by Prize Picks. Your source, your place for fun prop picks. Our game of the week is, I mean, it's, it's the game that should be on Fox, but isn't on Fox. It's on FS1 at night because of the baseball playoffs, which I get it. That's fine. I understand. I don't agree, but whatever. It is Kansas State on the road versus TCU. The Horn Frogs undefeated completely. Kansas State undefeated in conference play. I think the winner of this sets themselves up very, very nice. If TCU wins this, I'm locking them into the Big 12 title game because they will already have beaten Kansas State and Oklahoma State and only have one other contender that they have to worry about in Texas. And so even if they lose another game on top of that, they'll own the tiebreaker over the other two. If TCU wins this game, I'm locking them in for Arlington. Unless, like, Max Duggan blows out his knee, knock on wood, and they lose three in a row or something crazy. If Kansas State wins this, 
Oh, the race down the stretch is going to just stay so super interesting. Okay, TCU at home. I think they're going to wear all black. I don't know how Iowa State feels about that since someone's stealing their school colors. Um, TCU, I said minus three. I'm trying to find the over-under. I lost it when I was making an Iowa State joke. Oh, no, it's three and a half. TCU three and a half, over-under at 54. Chris, you're first, sir. What would you like? Yeah, God, you give it to me the, the hardest game of the week. I, man, I, listen, TC last week should not have won that game. Gundy gave them that game. But that doesn't mean that they're not capable of winning this game. It, for me, this is a question. If Martinez keeps playing the last, the way he has the last couple times out, then good night. Well, I mean, I was, mm, mm. Let me take TCU. I'm gonna write. They were impressive. They came back. They showed they can win close. This is at TCU. Uh, I'm gonna take the Horn Frogs. Okay. If you haven't seen the stat, Kansas State has not thrown an interception that season. Primarily this season. Primarily that's Adrian Martinez isn't playing quarterback. Hasn't thrown a pick. No interceptions. He threw like a thousand at Nebraska because again it was about Nebraska, not Adrian Martinez. He's in a system that lets him succeed and doesn't ask him to do too much. TCU has nabbed six interceptions this year led by corner Josh Newton. Uh, Newton last week locked down Oklahoma State receivers, allowing just two receptions on eight targets and forcing three in completions. Meanwhile, in the last two weeks, I will point out that Quinton Johnson, the best player for TCU, and I'm going to say it, probably going to be the highest draft picked of these player draft pick, highest player drafted of these two teams that includes of Deuce and, yeah, that's probably about it. No, the other guy's drafted. Point is, I'm really off my game. Uh, last two weeks, he leads the country in catches with 22, receiving yards of 386, and yards after the catch with 194. TCU is finally using him to his potential. I think TCU wins this game. On your point of it's Gundy's fault, I would blame it on Spencer Sanders' shoulder basically not working very well. And at a certain point, if you can't run the ball effectively and your quarterback can't throw, there's not a whole lot you can do on offense. It's not about conservative, being conservative. You literally just can't do anything. Um, credit to TCU. I like TCU in this game. I think they should win. I think this will be a close game. The three and a half concerns me because it wouldn't shock me if this game was decided by three points. So then I go to the total. And we have a total sitting here all the way down at 54 points. I'm going to go with the over. I think this one goes over by a little bit. It would make sense to take the under because Kansas State games unders have been hitting recently. But, man, they played Iowa State, and Iowa State's holding everyone down. That defense is the best defense in the Big 12, and it is, like, top 10 in the country. I'm not going to hold that against Kansas State. They've been off this week. They've been preparing for this game. They are ready to go. Adrian Martinez playing great. I'm going to take, take the over in this game. I think TCU's offense is going to continue to play well. Um, I like it. Over 54. Daniel? This is tough because I know that it's it's just going to come back to bite me. Going with Kansas State here. I feel like TCU has been on a really tough run. Obviously, overtime win last week. And 
They've got a Kansas State team that's off of a bye that runs the ball pretty well. And if there's anything that TCU is going to struggle with a little bit, it's teams that run the ball well. Everyone should be relatively healthy, ready to go with K-State. This is a total that's to the lower end of a college football game. You know, 27-24, 30-27, something like that's coming in. I think K-State's live to just flat out win the game in this situation. But, yeah, they've had the extra time to prepare. TCU has just been on a really tough run of conference games. So, yeah, Wildcats, let's roll it, three and a half. I like it. I like it. This will be an interesting one. We're all over the map on this one. Of course, this is our game of the week presented to you by Prize Picks, your place for daily fantasy made easy. You download the Prize Picks app, you enter that code NETWORK12 when you do, and you're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Download the app, pick two to five players, and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the numbers. It is a ton of fun. It's easy to use. They have a ton of stats to choose from, including touchdowns, receptions, passing yards. Rushing yards, passing and rushing yards. Our prize pick pick for this week is Adrian Martinez, Kansas State quarterback, over under 14 and a half completions. Now, should I just go ahead and put the U for under for both of you guys now? I will say of his games, he has only done this twice this year. Martinez has. He did it against Tulane with 21 completions, and he did it against OU with 21 completions. 14, I mean, he's only thrown the ball 19 times against Iowa State, 19 times against Texas Tech. When he throws the ball a lot, he can get there. But they don't ask him to throw the ball a lot. So 14 and a half completions might be a big ask. That is our over-under pick for this week. You guys both going under? Under. What hit last week? Uh, that would be the under five receptions for Ben Sims. He only had two. Under. Okay. For those of you who listen to this show, we tell you, like, we just do this for fun. Don't don't go and just take our picks and go put a bunch of money. You can do Daniels. He does a very good job with this. But don't, like, take our picks and be like, I'm going to go use this for making money. Do do that with prize picks because it is the under every single week. The only week it didn't happen was way back in, like, week four where Jalen Daniels went over 180 and a half total yards. I guess I think it was, I think it was week four. Otherwise, the under has hit every single week. So that means it won't this week because I'm saying this, which means I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyways. Go download Prize Picks, put in your initial deposit, get your deposit match up to $100. So if you want to put in 20, they will match it with 20 with that promo code and go take the under 14 and a half completions for Adrian Martinez. Not because we don't think he can do it, but because he might not have to throw more than 15 or 16 times if their run game is working against TCU. So, go download the app, check it out, put your deposit, use the promo code, and have some fun. I, the over under stuff, it's a ton of fun. I really enjoy it. It's a it's a whole lot of fun. I've heard quite a good quite a lot of good response from listeners on the show and from other shows uh, who have downloaded the app and given it a try. Okay, moving on down the list. Ah. <sighs> I wish that we uh, just like played. I wish I had a soundboard sometimes, so that I could insert like music and sounds and things. We just don't do that on this show because I, I don't want to. 
I don't want to download a soundboard and start loading it. I, I got too many other things to do. Because I wish, because right now what I would be doing is playing a little John Denver. Because it is the John Denver Bowl, for those of you who don't know. That's Texas Tech versus West Virginia. Texas Tech, where John Denver went to college. West Virginia, of course, claims John Denver because of country roads. So, these two meeting up on the gridiron for the John Denver Bowl. <laughs> it's one of those fun like rivalry, and I'm using air quotes because even they don't really consider it a rivalry, which they should. Like, come on, guys, like lean in. West Virginia fans, you want a rival in the Big 12? You're getting Cincinnati. Lean in on Texas Tech. Have some fun with this one. Texas Tech at home in Lubbock. Six and a half point favorite over under at 65 and a half. I am up first. Ooh, this one is interesting. Um, We don't know who's playing quarterback for Texas Tech this week. I would lead toward Baron Morton. I don't know if it's going to, but is Tyler Shuck going to come back? I don't know. This would have made sense for the time for him to have come back. There has been some rumor, but not much. Just enough to make me go, huh? He's practicing this week. Don't know. Not sure. (coughs) All the quarterbacks are banged up. If it's Shuck or Morton, I'm really intrigued by this one. West Virginia. Offense is not the problem. Defense has been a bit of a struggle. I do like this Texas Tech team. This is a huge game for both programs because I think for the winner of this game is going to go bowling and the loser is going to be sweating out trying to do so. Honest to goodness. Both at 3-3, three and three, sitting at 500, need three more wins, six games to go. This is a big one. It's a good opportunity for both. Hmm. I don't want to do the total because I, I, I think it's in a good spot. I'm, 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 I would lean under on this one, but I don't want to touch it. At six and a half. I'm going to take... Oh my goodness. My greatest fear of this game is it's a touchdown game. Like when this was Texas Tech minus four, I'd have been all over Texas Tech. Because uh, I think they win this game. But it's one of those games where do we end with seven or do we end with six? Because that feels like the right spot. I will take West Virginia to cover the six and a half. I don't feel great about it, but I don't feel great about Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech wins this game at home. I think West Virginia can do enough on offense to cover the spread and keep it close and exciting. That's what I'll roll with. Daniel? Yeah, I was going to ask about that injury because, you know, open at four and sort of pretty quickly bet out to six and six and a half and my numbers are close to that four so i was like god does somebody know something but maybe not this is a tough one um everything i like is on west virginia you go look at texas tech schedule and uh they're three and three but it's actually kind of a weird three and three like they could very easily be one and five right i mean uh, the the close win versus texas overtime win versus houston pull those two away and it's like what do we got i was really high on them sort of to start the year but i think maybe a little a little bit of that mirage might be sort of fading away and uh metrics on west virginia historical spots are on west virginia here i'm not gonna say texas tech is a fraud but it's not really quite sure what's going on with them now this season i don't know how good they are 
asking them to go win by a touchdown against a West Virginia team that has actually been showing us something and playing well. Numbers, eye test, historical spots, West Virginia six and a half. I like that. Uh, on your, since we agreed, on your concern about Texas Tech, to me, coming into the season, we were legitimately concerned they might go one and five with how good that first six weeks looked. I mean, you had opened with Murray State, then you had ranked Houston, not as good as we thought, at NC State, who's been really good, Texas, at Kansas State, and at Oklahoma State. And they went three and three through that stretch. And I know they finished 0 and 2 before the idle week, but they put up a fight against OSU. They led in a large portion of that game. I thought they played pretty well at Kansas State. Now, after idle week, they have four of their last six are at home. Those home games are West Virginia, bottom of the conference, Baylor, not looking as good as we thought. Kansas, spicy, but you get them at home. Oklahoma, just close out the season. And you grow games are at TCU and Iowa State. Like, Texas Tech, if they win this, they're going bowling. And I, I think even if they don't, like, they still have a shot because of the way the schedule stacks up for them. West Virginia, less so. But, like, I, if Tech gets this win, like, they're going to a bowl game. And I think with Joey McGuire in the first season, like, first season of a new head coach, if Tech can at least keep where that – bowl season like they finished last year I think it's a great first step in year one for Joey McGuire with the expectation of this program climbing I think it's a great year one and I, I think that they should get to a bowl game this year based off of just looking at the schedule and the way it stacks up for them I I, I don't disagree with what you're saying I think I just don't share the optimism and I'm starting to look at those Texas and Houston wins now sort of through a different lens now that we have some more context to the season so I guess just sort of a respectful, you know, agree to disagree where we sit right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Chris, you waited long enough. What's your pick here, bud? Well, I mean, you hit on a lot of things that I was going to uh, talk to Daniel about because, yes, Texas Tech could be, you know, a, you know, one loss depending if things break a little bit different. But the same way, West Virginia just eked out the win against Baylor, you know, three-point win there. So they're they're just shy of being a, a two-win team. And this is the first – West Virginia is the first unranked opponent Texas Tech has had since week one. I mean, it's it's five straight ranked opponents. And whether or not, like, Houston actually deserved to be ranked at the time, whatever, they still went into that game preparing for a, a ranked team. And I, uh, I don't know. I, I like Texas Tech to rebound here. At home, this is kind of when they have to they have to do that because they got, you know, West Virginia's, you know, they're showing signs of life. They're 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 looking decent. Then they have Baylor and then TCU. So their schedule is not immediately easier. They have to take advantage of this game. I think Texas Tech gets the win here, but is it by seven? That's the tough part. I I I I'm with you, Philip. Where a touchdown, it feels like right at a touchdown game. And it's a really low margin to work with a half a point there. But if I can get the half point, I'll take uh, the Red Raiders. All right. We do not all agree. We appreciate that, Chris. Really do. That was awful nice of you. Uh, tech my six and a half. Just to, just to touch on my point on whoever wins this game. We touched on Texas Tech schedule. Houston or West Virginia schedule the rest of the way. At Texas Tech this week. Then they get TCU at home. Road game at Iowa State. Oklahoma at home. Kansas State at home. Road game at Oklahoma State. They still have TCU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State all left on the schedule. They have to go to Ames, who we know how good their defense is. Their offense isn't anything, and their special teams is a mess, but their defense is really, really good. 
this might be the year West Virginia finally beats Oklahoma. I Maybe they can pull off an upset with the way this offense works, but if they lose this game, I have a hard time seeing West Virginia go into a bowl game this year. So, I think it's a big game for both. The conference is just brutal. It just is. That I was I was talking to John, like I said, he'll be on. And my my big concern at this point for the Big Twelve is it's so good and it's so deep, and it is, that we get one of those years where like four teams don't go bowling because we have four teams that win with finish with like five wins. Which makes the conference look worse because you have four teams out of ten who don't reach bowl eligibility. Yeah. But it's because everybody just beats up on each other. And so it doesn't look as good. But the bottom of your conference is still far superior to the everybody else's. Like every other conference has at least three teams rated lower than West Virginia in the composite rankings. At least three. And that's the SEC. ACC has six. The Pac-12 has five. So it's the best conference depth-wise top to bottom. It's just does it eat itself alive because it only has 10 mm-hmm. teams as opposed to 12 or 14. We'll see. Uh, other huge, huge game this weekend. Oklahoma State homecoming. Hosting Texas, the Longhorns, a six-point road favorite. Daniel, we got to talk about this. Texas opens a one-point favorite, according to uh, Circa, on Sunday, and it hit all the way up to six now. It's crazy. Over-under. I see a lot. I see a 61s, and I can see a couple 60s and a halfs, if that is your thing. Um, And uh, I say that, Daniel, because... Let's see. (laughs) i got to figure this out. I think, Daniel, you're up first. So... uh... Uh, a buddy of mine that we cap a lot of these games and talk them out. We talked this game out because uh, the line move was fascinating. All I can think, because because look, this was hit uh, right when Circa opened this. This was hit very hard, and it was uh, uh, like a dramatic move. It instantly went to like three and a half or four, meaning some very respected betters bet Texas right at the open. Then – if you follow this line stuff, at no point did anyone really buy back. No one saw Oklahoma State sitting there at that four and a half for about 24 hours. They were four, four and a half. No sharps stepped in and said, hey, you know what? There's some value there. It gets hit again Monday morning, goes out to six and a half, and there's been no interest at all by anybody to buy back on that number on Oklahoma State. So my thought is, is there some injury that, you know, so a few people on the inside know, or maybe some words getting out, people have hammered it, that isn't fully out uh, in the public to everybody, right? That would be Spencer Sanders, right? Um, uh, yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, how how hurt is he? How injured is he? Um, what's the scoop? So where this line sits, how it's been bet, at this point, this tells me Texas are no bet. I have no real money down on this yet. And I'm probably actually not going to get involved because if I liked Texas, I feel like that number has gone. And the betting for OK State has been so weird. It leaves me sort of scratching my head. For the sake of the cast here today, I'm going to roll with Texas. Um, I'm just going to go with the, there was, like I said, two sharps really moved this at one and then again at four and a half. Something's up. Something that I don't know. Give me that six and a half on Texas. Uh, Daniel? Or sorry, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i in full agreement. I, I look at the line. I don't get it. As a as more of an Oklahoma State game, uh, fan here, 
I really think Texas wins this. I mean, it's in Stillwater. It's homecoming. Obviously, big game for the Pokes. They do homecoming right. You actually know it's homecoming opposed as opposed to you know going to some other teams in this conference. Um, but yeah, it's I, I don't get it. Yours is playing. Sanders is banged up at best. Texas, I mean, you, Philip, you said that you, you didn't blame Gundy. We can't get a run defense or a rush offense going. And I, I completely agree. I think Texas is like 35th in the country against the run. Uh, is, I, this could be a long day for, for the Cowboys. Uh, I think they're going to be better than what we see in this game overall. Like, I don't want to react too harshly after this game to how bad Oklahoma State's going to look. But I think this is a multiple score win for, for Texas. So, Spencer Sanders was obviously hurt against uh, TCU. Came out strong at the start of each half, and you could tell he got worse as each half went along. He is banged up. Gundy will not comment. Um, the rumor was Sanders didn't practice last week before the TCU game. Uh, it's not believed he's probably practicing this week, but again, Gundy is refusing to comment on injuries. You know the offensive line is beat up, especially at at, uh, at center. Um, the secondary has been a bit of an issue and they're a little bit banged up. So there is legit concern about Oklahoma state. I, I understand whether he's played since Sanders plays or not, he's hurt. Um, TCU against the, and OSU's rushing attack has been an issue this season and TCU is able to shut it down effectively with a light box. And that allowed them to, and their defensive backs were allowed to play very physical against OSU's receivers, and it worked out perfectly. And so if you get a similar situation from a ref standpoint where Texas defensive backs are allowed to play physical, that's going to be an issue. Texas's offensive line, which was supposed to be a weakness, has continued to get better and better and better. This young group is very talented. They're improving quickly, and that should, to some extent, negate one of, not negate, but limit OSU's defensive best piece which is their defensive line. TCU against the, the rush, uh, EPA defense against the rush is ranked 30th in the country. Um, that, of course, is available at cfb-graphs.com from our friend Parker. Uh, my The only thing I have writing for me at OSU right now at this point, and, and I, other than, like, I do think this is a good Oklahoma State team. I think this is a Texas team that's getting better, and I think it's a Quinn Ewers-led Texas team that is definitely just getting better. Um I'm not going to hold what happened against Iowa State against them too much because Iowa State's defense, as we said, is one of the 10 best defenses in the country. It gets really stinking good. Mike Gundy's record in Bedlam, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, is 11 and 5 all time. They didn't have homecoming in 2020 because of COVID. But it's 11 and 5 all time since 2007. So if you take off the first two years, year one, losing record, yada, yada. Since his first two seasons, he's 11-3. and They don't lose often in homecoming. And typically when they have, 2014, terrible OSU season. 2010, Nebraska was really good. 2019 against Baylor. They just... The the caveat to that, hold on, the caveat to that is they typically don't play, they schedule it homecoming to where they're not playing an overly competitive team. Okay, I... I was waiting for that comment from someone. Yes, 21, they played a 2 and 10 Kansas, got the win. 2019, lost to 11 and 3 Baylor. 2018, beat 10 and 4 Texas. Uh, 2017, 1 and 11 Baylor. 2016, beat 10 and 3 West Virginia. 
Penn beat 0 and 12 Kansas. Seven and six West Virginia, four and eight TCU, seven and six TCU, ten and three Baylor. And we've got an eight and five Missouri. Like it, it's not like they're playing Kansas every year. It's it's a it's pretty split as far as playing a terrible team versus a good team. Um, and they have wins over good teams too. That's okay. So I, I I'm not po- entirely buying the like. Well, they just play. Kansas or a bad Texas Tech team every year. They've actually never played Texas Tech or Iowa State for homecoming since Gundy has taken over. Weird fact. Homecoming is done, right? They care about homecoming. It is a big, big deal in Stillwater. OSU will be primed to play well in this game. It's very likely Texas pulls this win out because of how banged up OSU is. OSU season at this point is your idle week came too early. Sanders is hurt. It's kind of kind of decide the season. It's probably it might end up a little bit disappointing based off how it started, just because he is injured. I think Texas probably wins this game, but so that we don't all agree, I will take OSU to cover the six points. I don't like the total. Uh, I don't want to touch it. I'll say that Texas probably wins, but OSU at least gets a cover in this one. Let's say OSU Texas wins by like four. Um. Okay, moving on down. We got two more involving future members. We'll kick things off with BYU uh, going up against Liberty on the road. I'm taking a minute while I find it. Apologies. BYU right now is minus minus seven and fifty eight. Total. Thank you, sir. I was going to say apologies, valued listeners, but uh, thank you for Daniel for the hop in. Uh, Chris, you're up first, bud. What you want? This is such a weird game because like, I don't remember how many years ago, but it, it feels like it was only three or four years ago. Baylor had Liberty on the schedule and everybody was like, who the heck is Liberty? Although they probably didn't say heck. And Liberty was not good. And now they're six and one and like a score within a score dog of BYU. This is so weird. Weird timeline. All right. Ooh, on the road, Liberty, BYU, BYU has let me down and I keep betting on them for some reason and they keep letting me down. So I'm going to go with this funky Liberty team that apparently knows how to win. And, uh, let's go, man, they might win this game outright. I'm going to take Liberty. I understand your point on BYU. They were just a one and a half point dog against Arkansas, and Arkansas flat out beat them. Uh, they were a slight dog against Notre Dame. No, they were, a f- yeah, but Notre Dame covered it one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This year's just a year where BYU has struggled against more talented teams. Liberty's. Not more talented than them. Also, no one should ever schedule yeah. Liberty. Don't give them money. They're the worst. <laughs> Absolute worst. Uh, nah. Uh, give me BYU. They'll cover this. They'll win this. Liberty's not more talented than them. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely. I refuse to pick Liberty. I don't care. I'm just taking BYU on a seven. Makes makes me feel better. But good and warm and two two one. To the point, you're talking about, yeah, the last two games are a couple more. But even beyond that, they've only covered the spread twice. Well, part of that problem was like they were, it was a 24 and a half point favorite against Utah State. Yeah, 
Utah State decided to make a quarterback change right before the game. BYU pulled away, but couldn't cover the spread. It was a big spread against Utah State. And Utah State's not great, but they've gotten better as the season has progressed. They're much better than they started looking. Uh, they covered the spread against USF. Uh, what was the other game? Uh, they they covered against Baylor. They beat Baylor. Let's see. Uh, they flat out got beat by Oregon. I think a lot of us just hadn't gotten used to the fact that Oregon wasn't nearly as bad as Georgia made them look in week one. Like, I, I get all of that. Uh, and they didn't cover against Wyoming. Like, if it's a big spread, no. But a seven-point spread on the road at a Liberty team that they are not, like, significantly less talented than, I can ride with that. I can I feel good about that. Daniel? Okay. Listen to this murderer's row that Liberty has had to go up against this year <laughs> in the last month. Akron. UMass, Gardner Webb. I mean, the storied <laughs> tradition in that uh, school. Fun men's basketball and program. Then, and then, you know, a, a decent performing, well metrically old Dominion. But I mean, wow, Liberty has just, just clash of the Titans week after week. Uh, BYU, Oregon, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Baylor. There is such a different step in class between these two teams. BYU is healthy. Uh, I, I know Liberty's hyping up Charlie Brewer. God, that guy burned me so bad a few years ago. <laughs> he just started, I don't know what he started, just started hitting the bong and Taco Bell at 2 a.m. And it's like, dude, you had something there for a minute. You let it go. Anyway, this, I mean, look, you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but this is BYU all the way. BYU, it, you know, they were six and a half earlier. Someone hit them today. They're, they're now out to a seven. I, if Liberty covers and hangs, hey, more power to them. This is BYU, blind, easy, minus seven all the way. Such a different class of teams that are playing each other. So a touchdown, well, I'll take it. You know what I don't like about that argument, though, is look at your Appalachian States out there and your UCFs before, you know, they kind of um, – came into the big 12 and, and started known for being good. You know, they, their schedule is weak. They win a lot of games and then they have to show up and play their super bowl and they get the win against all odds. And that's what we're looking at with Liberty here. They, they mm -hmm. understand that BYU is a different class. They're coming to Liberty. They, this is their, we're going to prove ourselves right here. We know how to win. We're used to winning and BYU's confidence is shaken. Maybe it is. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. It just – Liberty has not seen a team even close to as competent as BYU yet this year. And it's like seven? That's it? Really? Hey, look, more power to Liberty. They hang around. They win. They cover. Love it. Um, I have to wager money or make a selection here based on what I'm looking at. This is BYU minus seven. They, their one loss was they gave Wake Forest a game. They only lost by a point at Wake Forest back in week three. This is this team is up and down because you look at that and they gave them a game. It took them four of a time to beat Southern Miss in the opener. Gardner Webb's an FCS team last week. They won twenty one to twenty. Uh, but how much is that looking ahead? That lets me know that they're already looking at BYU. Well, cool. I'm not going to pick Liberty. Uh, they're the worst. Yeah, what are you trying to do here, man? Get us all to take liberties. We no all one together. should schedule liberty ever. Don't give them your money. I mean, they're a disc golf school. 
I don't care. <laughs> okay? I don't. I had a. I used to have a good friend who was a meteorologist. He went to Penn State. I'm not sending my kids to Penn State. There's just schools you go up. Nope. No, thank you. All right. Let's close out our Big 12 slate. Another future member, UCF. Uh, Five-point favorite on the road at ECU. Over-under in this one. I will tell you as soon as I remember to look for it because I keep getting distracted by t- looking up other things. Uh, Over-under this one is at 64. Uh, total's at five. Did I say five or five and a half? Five. Cool. All right. I'm really on top of this tonight. I appreciate all you valued listeners. Uh, whose turn is it? <laughs> Who went first last time? Liber- I'll go. Kristen. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and go. I'll, go, I'll jump in. It. I'm going to take this from you. UCF minus five. Real money is down on this one. Uh, I've got this line out closer to like minus nine. Um, ECU is going to have a little bit of success, uh, you know, with their run defense, but this is this is just a situation where the pace and the success rate of UCF is just going to be a little bit too much for ECU, and I think that five is a little short. And you know, I, I would personally bet this all the way out to like a six and a half or seven. UCF minus five. You got real money on this game? Does five seem really low to you? Oh, yeah, I do. I got real money. It does. What worries me about this game is how low that line is. ECU's been, as far as I know, not bad. And so on the road, UCF's been a little bit up and down. This is an ECU team that should have beat NC State in week one had NC they been able to make a single kick, an extra point, or a, a field goal. Um, they got soundly beat at Tulane. They lost a double overtime to Navy, which is weird. Like, it's not a bad ECU team. But, man, you know, UCF has been playing. I did not trust UCF. Their defense was good. Their offense was unreliable. It's been getting better and better. Like I think UCF has made massive improvement, especially on offense, each, each, each week. Um, I think I'm with you, Daniel. I think UCF should win this one. I, I haven't been comfortable picking them, but at this point I'm, I'm feeling better about doing it. Uh, yeah, I think the total's too high for me to want to touch it at five. Yeah, I'll ride with you. I'm with UCF minus five on this one. Chris, what do you want? Yeah, you skipped me so you could not be blamed for being all in agreement. Wow. Because this line does not seem right. I mean, it doesn't seem right. UCF is cruising, right? I mean, they beat Georgia Tech by 17. They smoked SMU. They smoked Temple. They're just cruising. And you look at ECU, and, you know, they lost to Tulane. Wasn't even that close. And Memphis, you know, four-overtime game this last weekend. It would seem... Like UCF should not have that big of an issue with ECU that, you know, we're probably closer to a 10 point game. This line seems really off and I don't know why. And because of that, I'm going to take ECU. I'll go against you guys so you guys can win. And you can thank me later. We, we appreciate you. Uh, but it seems the line seems weird. I will say this for UCF. These next four weeks are whew, man, oh man. At East Carolina, okay. Cincinnati at home for homecoming, the huge matchup. Then on the road at Memphis, and then on the road at Tulane. 
that is a tough four game stretch for UCF. I I'm glad they've been blown out the opponents the last couple of weeks because the next four weeks could be it's going to really decide like the season. Uh, it's a three team race in the AAC between Cincinnati, Tulane, and UCF, and UCF's got to play both Cincinnati and Tulane. Yeah, this is going to be a fun four weeks. Very interesting. All right, uh, we wrap this show up as we do every week with our one non-Big 12 pick. Uh, Chris, since I stole your your spot there, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll let you go first. What would you like? Well, you know, we were just talking about this team. Uh, I'm going to take Wake Forest over Boston College. That At under three scores, I stayed at 20 and a half, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, Um. Boston College has not performed well against the number Wake Forest has. This is a very lopsided game under three scores. Um, I, I think that Wake Forest can get this by 21 to 24. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Wake Forest. Hopefully, I'm going to actually look at their schedule. Hopefully, they're not in like some weird spot here. But yeah, no, give me Wake Forest. Okay. Daniel? Oh, putting me on the spot here, huh? Now, there, there's a game. Uh terrible team this total keeps dropping and vandy just keeps getting dished out 14 points if there's any team vandy's going to be able to find success against this year in the sec it is missouri and with an implied total that just keeps coming down it's really hard to picture missouri beating anyone in the sec right now by 15 or more points I've got so many historical spots lit on Vandy. My line is closer to 11. Vanderbilt plus 14. I love the bet. Real money down. Let's ride. All right. I, I got two options I'm considering here. Um, and both are dogs. One, I know Stanford just beat Notre Dame uh, in a game that was just like, what just happened? Um, they're currently a two and a half point favorite over Arizona State. I think Arizona State is spicy enough to pull that one off. But there's another one I kind of like. Um, and I I think that they will actually win. I think I see two and a half still. Uh, UAB plus two and a half versus Western Kentucky. Daniel, do you still see a two and a half on that one? Uh-huh. I think I see wind has it. Now it's there's one and a half, a two. You will look for UAB. Uh-huh. Two is your real two's number. Real number. Yeah. Right, I'll take two. I'll take UAB. I think UAB can win this game straight up, so I'll take what I can get. But I'll take UAB plus two uh, versus Western Kentucky. I, I, think, I think UAB is underrated, and I think they're playing really well considering their coach had to retire medically like in the offseason. So... All right, that wraps this all up. You guys have been awesome as always. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, of course, if you want some betting advice, Dan is the man. You can follow him on Twitter at DannerB7. Give him a follow. He's got a cool Slack chat you can go check out if you want to talk betting beyond just Big 12 football. You can follow Chris at Chris Ross Sports on Twitter and get his opinions occasionally. Uh, or if you just want to go and talk about uh, disc golf, not Frisbee golf. They get offended when you say that. You can follow us at 1012 Network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. Don't forget to check out Homefield Apparel. Network 12 gets you 15% off your first order. Do not forget to go and download the Prize Picks app and use the promo code Network 12 for 100% 
deposit match up to $100 and under 114 and a half completions for Aiden Martinez. Just go make some money right now. I'm just telling you. Uh, all opinions and promises on the 1012 network are neither guaranteed nor uh, backed financially by the 1012 network. You uh, make your own risks. Yeah, I, I, just a suggestion. Um, I hear a baby crying, so I'm going to go see if I need to go pat her back to sleep or not. And so we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Sports Social Podcast Network.